0: Welcome to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals.
1: I'm Karen Gimnig.
0: And I'm Paul Tevis.
1: Each episode, we start with a question and see where it takes us. This week's question is, are you interested in changing your behavior?
0: So I end up talking with a lot of people, both professionally and personally, uh, who have found themselves in a conflict and I mean, they would not say it that way. They would say, I got into an argument, this person was mean to me, things didn't go well. However, it is that they sort of describe a situation that, uh, that did not turn out the best and probably had some strong negative emotions going on in it. And I'm often torn when I'm listening to these because I also usually have some other information. Like maybe I have seen the interaction, uh, maybe I've, I'm familiar with the group or with, uh, with the environment or things like that. And I'm torn because I can see how this person feels that they were treated, right? Their sense of like, these people were mean to me or this person you know didn't respect me or I wasn't heard or I wasn't listened to or all of these things. And I also can see how their behavior contributed in some way to that result and where I get very conflicted is what do I do about that like if I want to help them uh, I don't want to just say oh you're right that other person is terrible it's all their fault they were so mean to you Um, because that's not true it might help them feel a little bit better but it's also unlikely to change things in the future Uh, and so this this question is always the one that I kind of want to ask, but I'm often afraid to, which is So, are you interested in changing your behavior?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The other place that comes up for me a lot, and, and this happens a lot in my client work, is um, we have this long standing conflict that's been around for years. And surely the way to start. Your your way to start us helping us with this is for you to meet with each of the parties involved or at least each of the sides. That's my favorite. You need to meet with each of the sides so that you know you can hear their perspectives. And, and so what that tells me is that they're very much sitting in the content of the thing. This this person did this that was wrong, and I did this, and then they reacted this way badly, and you know, and 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 it's not a surprise that this is how Americans approach it. Um, I I was a third grade teacher for a while. And at some point I figured out that a a significant part of my day was spent discerning who was the bad kid in the situation, Um, who who was the one who had done the wrong thing, to whom should punishment be meted out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so from children, certainly today's children, and I think my generation of adults as children, There was a fair bit of a bad thing happened to me. I go tell the teacher, the parent, the nearby adult, and the nearby adult declares who was wrong and that person is punished in some form or fashion. And maybe it's just that person's asked to say they're sorry. I mean, there there are a whole range, but that step one in solving the conflict is determining who was wrong. And as I have studied relationships in recent years, I have flipped that intention entirely. And when working with children and when working with adults, but we'll stay in the childhood frame for the moment, um, what I find is the most important thing for me to do is avoid naming blame, avoid passing judgment. When invited into the role of judge and jury to pass on that role entirely And if I can, between the two children who have come to me asking for help with their problem, or, you know, that's how I'm saying it. They're saying that they came to me to complain, to tattle, to tell, but, but I'm going to interpret that as they would like help with their problem. And if I can facilitate them in really hearing each other and getting some empathy and perspectives, what I find is as children, they pick this up right away and they, um, you know, Right, that thing I did. Yeah, that didn't work so good. Yeah, I shouldn't probably have done that. Often without even an apology. The, the apology turns out often not even to be the thing. Um, but but acknowledging, ooh, I, I'm seeing a thing about my behavior that maybe I didn't see. And yep, what you say makes sense about that in often child language that is shorter than anything an adult would come up with. Um, and then they run off and play together. And, and I've seen that happen where... You know, parents were just dumbfounded that that could be the result because that's not what happens if you get some adults to pass judgment. And I think having learned that mechanism, the judgment mechanism as children, all that happens when we become adults is we become the teachers. We become like, so now I get to pass judgment for myself about what happened in that situation. And because that's what I know how to do what I know how to do is decide who was wrong. And and now there's no ability to meet out punishment. So now it's just, I go, as you say, on my social media feed or somewhere and get lots of empathy for how the other person did the wrong thing. And this tends to cycle over and over and over again. And so when as a consultant, I get adults who are very naturally exhibiting this pattern that we actually have institutionalized through our schools and various other places. It's absolutely in our culture. And then they come to me and they want me to be the judge and jury and decide who was wrong and tell them whose behavior should change. And and incidentally, the the goal here is that it's anyone's but mine. (laughs) Tell me whose behavior should change so that I can settle into I'm the one who's right here and that other person needs to change their behavior. We're going to be stuck that's not gonna go anywhere. So the first question I wanna ask in that is, are you, you the person who's unhappy, you the person who's talking to me, you the person who's seeking help, are you interested in changing your behavior? Because that I can help Hmm.
0: Hmm. There's um, a number of times I've been pulled in uh, to sort of help with some conflict situations between two particular people, and one person wants to pull me in, and, and usually the, the thing that I tell them is twofold. One, uh, I'm happy to do that so long as the other person also is interested in having me involved in this. And two, you should be aware that I will not be on your side. That, that, uh, and a lot of the, the work that I do around that is actually, how can I be on the side of your relationship? actually not of not not of either of you but the two of you together so recognize the fact that i'm i may be saying things in there that that you might not like <laughs> things like so what did, what was your part in this how did you contribute to this <laughs> like what do you want to do about this and that often throws people right but it is a super useful thing because you're right i think often we ask for a third party to be involved because we hope we hope to get their votes, right? We want approval. We want them to pass a judgment that says, yes, you were right. Um, and what I, I, I think I really like about this question of, are you interested in changing your behavior? That kind of sidesteps the question of who is at fault, and it sidesteps the question of blame. Now, I think where people get caught is saying, well, why should I change? Like, they're the ones who are to blame, right? And, and I think the the place to go to that the place to explore right is this idea of if we can set aside the question of of oh, who is to who is uh, to blame who is at fault here like it doesn't really matter if you want to get a different result what do you what do you want to do like how might you approach that um the uh, uh, one of the people i worked with years and years ago he said he, he said he only needed three moves as a coach one of the moves was well, how's that working out for you? And that's from, you know, there's a, there's a moral standpoint of, well, they, they're at fault, they should change. You're like, well, how's that working out for you? From a practical standpoint, you can't make them change. The only person's behavior you can control is your own. So if you want out of the situation, what do you want to do differently? Um, and I, I find that I have a way easier time in on that when I'm brought in a, in a professional capacity because I really have permission to kind of push on that. Where I really struggle with it is when it's friends and family and, and you know, it's personal relationships where I want to help them because I see the pattern, right? When you sit outside of it and you just see it again and again and again, you kind of go, oh, I really want to help. But I don't, going back to something we talked about recently, I don't know if my help is going to be helpful here. Um, And so, but I do think that like coming back to that place of just seeing, because if they're not up for changing their behavior, then there's not really anything that I can do. I'm not going to be able to help in that situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that all makes a lot of sense. And y'all play with the words a little bit about being on your side. I think that's a really interesting concept. And And for me, the being on your side means being on the side of you getting what you want out of this. And so that's another place where I start is, what is it that you're looking for here? Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're looking for that other person's behavior to change, I probably don't have a lot of help for you. Like, There's probably not a ton other than to say, If you change your behavior, that will change the system and they will respond differently. Mm -hmm. But if the goal is I'm going to keep doing exactly what I've always done and behaving like I always have and change their behavior, I'm betting that's not happening, Um, at least not in any ongoing pattern-based way. Um, But if I'm really on your side in the sense of being with you, helping you get what you want – that oddly comes off almost exactly the opposite as you describe, which is if I'm sitting one-on-one with one person who's in conflict with somebody else, whether or not I'm ever gonna to talk to the other person, if I'm on your side, I am very likely helping you begin to see how you're impacting, what your impact is on the other side or what the intention coming from the other side might've been that you didn't notice. And I've had people in that say, well, how come you're on their side? And my answer is, I'm not. Actually, if I'm talking to you, I am on your side. That's kind of how I operate. But I'm on your side in the sense of helping you make the change that you want to make. Mm -hmm. When I talk to them, I'll tell them what they can change because that's where it will make a difference. But if I'm talking to you, I'm going to have the frame of I can help you figure out what you can do in this situation. Mm-hmm. And if you're not actually interested in that, then it's probably good for me to figure that out early on.
0: There's there's this idea in coaching, uh, in that we can only coach whoever's in the room, right? I, we, you're here, they're not. This is what we've got to work with, um, sort of thing. But yeah, that I think there is that um, one of the things you talked about in there is you know the feeling that the other person, you know, that you're the person saying, well, you're on their side, right? And I, I think. Um, Oftentimes when we're in that space of helping people uh, and they know that we actually are intending to help them, right? They ha- they can feel that. We can say things that the person that they were in a conflict when, uh, in, with couldn't say without triggering further conflict, right? Um, that we can potentially bring those things out. I think it's important to have permission to do that, right? So... I think uh, where I stumble often is I jump to that spot uh, where I just go, okay, cool. Well, if you want to get, you know, move forward with this, here's what you need to do. And you're like, hold on. I didn't actually agree that I wanted that help yet. Like I could just use some, um, you know, some, some reassurance, you know, that I'm, that I'm not the only person who thinks the thing that I think. Right. I think that um, another important part about that in, you know, because you do actually have to establish that you, um, that you want to help them, that you actually want to help them move forward, get, you know, get something useful out of this, even if their tactics for getting it uh, may not be the thing that you're going to support. But I think until you have that, it's hard to ask about, are you willing to change? Because otherwise that question of, are you willing to change your behavior can sound like an attack? It can sound like blame. It can sound like um, like that they're in the wrong
1: yeah, and I think it's way trickier, as you said, with friends and family kinds of spaces or or even I me mean, honestly, as a consultant, I had somebody the other day send me an email a, a forward an email that someone else had written that you know was probably not great for community relationships. and I so wanted. To reach out to that person with whom I do have the person who'd sent it, not the one who'd sent it to me, the one who'd sent it out. Um, Because I do have a relationship there, but I have to have a way in. Like I have to have some engagement, some interest. And so, you know, I ended up just writing back to the person who forwarded it to me and, you know, offering some encouragement and saying, if you, you know, if you wanna engage with us or if there's a way for me to get Mm -hmm. engaged, let me know but it is that piece about what is a person looking for and it is totally legitimate to say right now in this moment my feelings are hurt and i just want reassurance i want to feel better i'm not in that emotional self work place we don't mm-hmm. spend 24/7 even i think people like paul and i who who you know drink this stuff for breakfast and love it do not spend 24/7 in the space of being available and ready for tough personal growth and looking at ourselves. And so I think there is a discernment piece about Mm -hmm. both for me, Mm -hmm. if I'm in it, what am I looking for? What am I asking for? What am I wanting out of this? And also for, if I'm gonna jump in some discernment about where is that person, both sort of globally, where are they in general? Are they the sort of person that is interested in this? And also, is this the moment for that? Mm -hmm. And is my relationship with them the space where that can happen? And I do think there's space for, you know, you know, I'm your best friend here and I am always in support of you and always caring about you. And I think you're having an impact here that's not working for you. Are you open to talking to me about that? Mm -hmm. Um, And there's also a space for, I think what you're asking for here is just a lot of sympathy. Is that where, where you're at? I'm totally on board with that. Cup of tea, here's some chocolate.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that the last thing I'll sort of add into that is I think that the the place where I think it's very useful to get to before asking the question of are people interested in changing their behavior um, is not just that space of sitting on the outside, seeing the pattern, but also turning up the empathy and actually being able to sit next to them. Right, and to see where where are they really at, where are they coming from? Um, because if I'm sitting on the outside going, you need to change your behavior, that's actually a place of judgment, right? It's a different, mm-hmm. it, It's I need to have the perspective that I can see how their behavior is contributing to a result they don't want. And also I need to be in the space of being able to sit with them to see um, where they're coming from with that. What is it they're trying to do? What has their experience been? How are they sensing and experiencing that? Um, and, to, and to have them feel like, yeah, I am sitting next to them because otherwise I do just turn into somebody else on the outside arguing with them uh, and telling them that they're wrong. So I think the, you have to be able to do both, not just to sit with them and not just to be able to sit outside But actually, to be able to hold both of those at the same time is the space, I think, where you can actually be helpful.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to kind of wrap us up, this question of are you interested in changing your behavior really points to our tendency as a culture to first look for judgment and very much to first look for what I wish the other person would change. And if we actually want things to change, we got to look at where we have influence, which is with ourselves, or in the case of a consultant, with the person who's sitting in front of us and get curious about not what should that person give in or trade in or sacrifice, but what is that person's best strategy or tactic or approach toward getting the thing that that person wants? And usually that means for that person to change something about what they're doing or to say it another way to change their behavior. And so getting clear about, are we in a place where what they really just need is some empathy and somebody to sit with them? And is that the moment that they're in right now? Or are they in a moment where they're open to some growth, to some challenge, to some shift in behavior and and then make sure we get permission to go there, have the trust, have the connection, have the, The clarity that they know we're on their side, even if we see the situation differently than they do. Um, And then there's real potential to make shifts in systems and dynamics and groups that we're part of.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for us for today. Until next time, I'm Paul Tevis.
1: And I'm Karen Gimnig. And this has been Employing Differences.